Welcome to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. Today we will hear from lead pastor Dave Carroll as he gives a message titled, Moving Forward in Christ. Now let's join in. Well, hey, we're in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 21 today. If you're uh, new to us, uh, we do uh, a variety of preaching. Some people ask, hey, what kind of, what kind of preaching do you do, Dave? Uh, do you do topical messages? Do you do verse by verse? Do you do vision messages? What do you do? Uh, and I say, yes, right? The answer is yes, we do it all uh, here. And right now you've caught us in a season where we're going verse by verse to the book of Philippians in a series called Fearless Future. And uh, the heartbeat behind this is, in the first half of Philippians, we learn the character and the values that Paul had, the attitudes of the heart is what we called them. And and, uh, here in the second part of the book, Paul kind of finishes saying, uh, hey, these are my heart attitudes and this this is what I've learned. And he moves to this next part where he's excited about his future. When was the last time you were excited about your future? I mean, when was it? Where you, where you woke up out of bed and you went, yes, I get to live today. This is, this is the awesomest day ever. Well, some of us are going, I can't remember, Dave. I don't know when that happened. Well, uh, that's, that's the heartbeat of the series is to grab um, the eyes and the mind of Jesus through the example of Paul and to be able to wake up every day and be excited about the future no matter the circumstance. That would be a great thing to have, wouldn't it? And, and so last week, uh, we talked about the free stuff, right? We talked about salvation, and we talked about God's grace, and we talked about um, what it means uh, to, to come under the Lord and, and to let go of our past, and, and today is a great message entitled Moving Forward in Christ, and I know la- last week many of you were going, okay, I want to forget, I want to let go, but I, I, don't, I don't know how, I don't know how. Well, the, the thing about verse-by-verse preaching is you got to show up the next Sunday. That's the trick of it, right? We're looking for church attendance, right? No, I'm just kidding. No, but you got to show up because sometimes you're just going to get the heartbeat, sometimes you're going to get the theology, other times you'll get the practical steps, but you got to come uh, week by week when we're in this verse-by-verse model. And so um, today, we're going to learn about what it takes to move forward. It will be very practical. I'm also very excited for the second time ever, we will uh, share in communion together during the middle of the message today, and it'll be a special day, I'm sure, for everyone here, as well as the baptism at three. Uh, You excited about baptism at three? We're going to baptize over 10 people. Isn't that cool? Yeah, hey, we can praise the Lord for that. So here's what this message is is a lot like. Like I said, last week was like the free stuff. God works in you, and that's salvation. That's your life before Christ, right? God works in you. And, and, And there's not any effort that happens that way. God does the saving. But after you come to faith in Christ... It's a little bit different. God wants some effort out of us. We got to put the effort into the game. Uh, it, a lot of us, what we do is uh, we do like I do when we ride go karts. How, how many of you have gone to Geyser Park and gotten the fastest go kart at the very front of the line? So, like you know, isn't that like the best feeling in the world when you, when you're in the go kart line? And those of you who aren't into go karts, just track with me for a second. Uh, you'll you'll get a little insight into the the mind of Dave Carroll. Um, you know, I try to fight little kids, kick them out of the way, do whatever I got to do. You know, like I I scope out my go kart when I'm in line the whole time, and I'm like that one, that's it. You know, I don't care if little Johnny cries. I don't. I'm getting in the go kart, and why? Because I want to win. Well, sometimes that go kart ends up at the very front of the line, <coughs> and. Uh, 
what happens is it gets kind of boring for a second because I'm in the hot rod, right, the, cla- the state-of-the-art go-kart, and I press go, and there's no way on earth anyone's going to catch me, you know, and I have to get like one of those doubles because at my weight, there is no fast go-kart if you're a single go-kart. Um, but I'm in the double, and I'll press go, and after a while, you realize like no one's going to catch me. I'm, I'm in the lead. I, you know, hey, you're just kind of out there going by yourself, going around the track. Well, uh, in, in the Christian life, when you accepted Jesus Christ, you kind of got in the fast go-kart at the front of the line. You're in the class thing that there is in this life. And we get kind of complacent because all we tend to do is we look behind us and say, oh, look, I got it going. I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I got my foot on the pedal. No one's going to catch me. God has to be happy with me because, you know what, I'm a little bit better than everybody else I see around me, really, God's changed my life. And I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I mean that in a, God's changed my life. My life is different, and praise the Lord. It's going well. But really, what in this passage here, what we're going to find is Paul is one of those guys that he doesn't just jump out in front in the go-kart, look behind and say, ah, I'm winning, I'm doing good, I'm doing good. No, he's the kind of guy that he's in the car and he goes, where's the last go-kart? Can I catch it before the red light hits? Can I catch it before they make, can I pass somebody? Can I put some effort in this? Can I lean forward? What can I do to, to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to, to drive this car the way that it was intended to be driving? And we need to be asking the question, what are we doing to live life the way Jesus intended us to live life? To not look back at everybody that's quote unquote not as good, but to press forward, to look into the future and see what Jesus wants to do. And this is the heartbeat. So here we pick it up at Philippians 3 and verse 12. Before we read it, I want us to read this aloud. If you're taking notes today, you can flip over your program. This verse is on the program. It will also be on the screen. It's Philippians 3:14, and this is the heartbeat of this passage. Let's read it aloud together. One, two, three. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There is a goal. There is some effort we got to put toward it. Um, You see that word right there where it says press toward? Um, Many people think that in this scripture, they they weren't sure. There's like arguments. Whether he was talking about running a race or whether he was talking about a chariot race. Well, I want to use the chariot race illustration for a second because... Uh, back then when Paul wrote this, they would have chariot races with, you know, two wheels on kind of a cup. They would stand up in the cup. The two wheels would go. The horses would go. But here's the thing. There was nothing to hold on to. Nothing at all. So if they're in this chariot race, here this horse takes off. They're standing in this bucket with two wheels trying to race each other. And there's no bar. There's no seat belt. There's no harness, right? Because there probably were no lawsuits about that kind of stuff. And, and so there's nothing. And whoever was racing had to do what first, I'm sorry, what Philippians 3.14 was saying, I press toward the goal. The only way that you could stay on the chariot was to put all of your weight, everything you had up against the front, and you were with all your might, beads of sweat, just trying to stay towards a horse because when it turned, you're like, oh, you know, you're, you're leaning forward toward the finish line. And so Philippians 3.14, our key verse says basically, I'm staying on the chariot with everything I got, leaning forward so I don't fall backward for the goal, for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And this is what moving forward in Christ is all about. Now, here is a challenge for today. Are you ready to be challenged? As we read the verses, 
every person in here has a next step today. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you've been a believer 50 years. I don't care if you've backslidden uh, and, and you know, and, and you're, you, you're just coming back to church. Or maybe you're, you're vibrant in Christ right now and things are going awesome. Everybody has a next step today. And at the end of the message, we're going to actually ask you to, to do it, to go out of this place and do it. Take the next step. Grab some courage. Grab some backbone in your walk with Christ and take it. So we're going to move forward, and here's how we're going to do it. Um, there are five Ps. Those of you who know me who've been here for all seven months that our church has been in existence, I think this is the first time I've ever put things in all one letter. So just forgive me. Um, so here we go. We pick it up at verse 12. Um, after Paul had talked about his goal of knowing Christ. You remember that last week in verses uh, 9, 10, 11? He said, I'm get letting go of the past for the one purpose of knowing Christ and because I believe that Jesus Christ can raise a dead person. Do you believe that this morning? That Jesus Christ can raise a dead person. After this, he says this in verse 12. I love this. Not that I have already attained. Not that I have already attained. Or am what? Already, what's that word? Perfected. But I press on. There's that chariot illustration. Let's stop right there. Here's the good news about moving forward in Christ. It's a process. You might want to write that down. That's your first blank. Moving forward in Christ is a process. And this is really important because as I get to know some of you, I've enjoyed getting, having breakfast with some of you having lunch, maybe texting back and forth, uh, emailing, whatever it is, I've gotten to know you, and I know this. Uh, if you're like me, and you're like the people that I know, uh, many times we fall in this trap in our Christian life. We, we want to move forward in Christ. We want what Christ wants for our life, but we fall in two traps, and the first one is perfection. We, we fall in the trap of trying to reach for perfection instead of process. Now, the Apostle Paul was a pretty amazing guy. He loved the Lord big time. God used the Apostle Paul to start most of the churches right there in the beginning. Most of the New Testament's written by him, and he says, I'm not perfect. Isn't that a great thing to say? I'm not perfect. How many of you are not perfect in the room? Who's, not, who's lying, right? Yeah? Yeah, so compared to who, Dave? Well, you know? Um, yeah, it's not perfection, um, it, it's not this thing where we constantly get out of bed. You'll never move forward in Christ if you wake up every day and go, oh, you know what? I'm just, I'm terrible. You know, I, how come I can never have it like the guy who's speaking up there or, or, hey, the person who's leading worship or why do I meet that person who's smiling every day at church and uh, I walk in and I just, you know, I want to punch somebody or because my kids won't behave or, or you know, they just, I had to make five diaper changes and pick up two boxes of Cheerios before I got to church this morning or whatever it is. How come I don't have it together but they do? Well, see, that's when you get caught in the trap of striving per, for perfection instead of the process of God making you holy and making you who he wants you to be. And so he said, I haven't already, I haven't obtained this yet. I'm not perfect, but I press on. But here's another thing. Uh, there are some of us who are striving for perfection and moving forward in Christ and consistently being defeated. But there's another group of us who think that this, is a, this life is a practice run. You know, like, hey, that living for Jesus stuff, that letting him clean up my mind, clean up my language, clean up my attitude, clean up how I treat my spouse, how I treat my kids, my work ethic, that, that Jesus that cleans all that up, 
Oh, that's, you know, I, I have time. Hey, I'm saved. I'm good. Well, it's not practice either. You know, many of us live in what I call the Contra world. How many of you remember the very first, like, shoot 'em up game, Contra? Uh, yeah, Contra, if you own a Nintendo or if you had kids who own a Nintendo in the mid-'80s, the first shooter game was called Contra. And uh, about a weekend uh, to having this game, uh, code went around school. I still remember it to this day. It was up, up on the controller pad, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, select, start. If you did that, when, when, when you press go, between the time you press go and when the game happened, if you did that correctly, you would end up with unlimited lives, and you were sure to win the game, all right? Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, select, start, boom. And then you see, like, all these men go across the screen, boom. And you're like, yes, I'm going to get to the end of this thing. Well, yeah, and now, that <laughs> cheater, <laughs> well, it's called a, it's, it's competitive advantage, all right? So, <laughs> and, and so there was this code, but we live in this, this coded world where, where we don't say things like verse 12, not that I have already attained, not that I am perfected, but I press on. We, we don't say that. We live in this world of like, oh, well, I got more practice before I'm, I, can, I, I decide to be who God wants me to be. You know, hey, I got more time. I'm going to wait. Uh, you know what? I, it's uncomfortable for me to be who God called me to be, to move into the future in Christ. And so we live in this practice world where we create cheat codes, where we create secret places where no one can see who we are and what we're doing. We create make-believe worlds where we feel good about ourselves, but we never stop and ask the question, is God pleased with my life? Let me ask you that question. Is God pleased with your life? Don't answer out loud, please. We don't know. But is he? You see, we have to embrace the process of moving forward in Jesus. There is somewhere he wants you to go, and we'll define more what that is at the end with some specific steps you can take. But this, I want you to know this. This life is the real deal. It's it. It's the only race you get to run. It's the only chariot ride you're taking. Every day matters. Every bit of the process of growing forward in Christ matters, so you have to press on. Now look at the next uh, P of moving forward, possession. Look at the second half of verse 12. He says, he presses on (coughs) that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus, I love this, this is what he says, has also what? Laid hold of me. I, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has already laid hold of me. Here's the next P of moving forward in Christ. It's possession. Um, You know, in football, they say possession is nine-tenths of the game, right? Um, My team lost yesterday because time of possession was 36 minutes to 18 minutes. And and, Amen. Yeah, there you go. And, And so it's possession, which is two questions. Look at this. That I may lay hold of that. Here's first question. Who or what owns you? If you had to name one thing that you were aiming for in this life, that you could turn around at year 80, year 90, year 70, whatever year it is that the Lord takes you home, what is it that you hope to hold in your hands? Paul says, I press on so I can take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Let me ask you, is it a worldly thing? Is it a commonplace thing? Is it 
obscenely average? Is it, is it something that's selfish? Is it even something that's good, but it's not God? What is it that you're hoping to hold, grab hold of? You see, Paul says it's Jesus. Jesus, in a life that looks like Jesus, this is what I'm grabbing a hold of. I want his character. I want his actions. I want his goals. I want everything. I want Jesus. That's what, when I open my hand at the end of the day, when when life is almost over, I press on for one thing, to open my hand and say, ah, I grabbed a hold of the only thing that mattered in this life. Now, you flip it around there at the end of verse 12, and he says, I lay hold of that for which who? Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me, which begs the second question of possession and moving forward in Christ. If you don't have this, the goal that you're going to grab for, you're not, you're not going to move forward or you're going to move forward to the wrong things. But here's the second thing. Who has you? What has you? Is there something in your life that owns you that you just can't break free of? Because Jesus Christ grabbed a hold of you so that you could let go of the world. The question of possession, who owns you? Who owns you? What do you have in your grasp? Let's move on to verse 13 through 16. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. (laughs) There's that police word, right? You police officers, you Veterans Day people, apprehended. But the one thing I do. How many things did Paul do? Say it out loud. How many did he do? He did one thing. But the one thing that I do Forgetting those things which are behind. Remember last week, it was called letting go of the what? Past. Forgetting what is behind. We'll talk about how to do that because some of you have asked a good question. How do I do it? Well, today is the how day. Forgetting those things which are behind in verse 13 and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Big key there. Big key. I pressed. Here's our verse. Let's read it aloud together. What does it say? I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, and what is maturity? You know, I remember in sixth grade, you know, you would have a sixth grade girl when I was in middle school. She'd like turn her foot. Something about middle school girls, they have the ability to turn their foot all the way, like the other direction. And they'd say, you're not mature. And I would think, what's maturity? Um, Some of us, I want to stop here really quickly. Um, have the question, well, if I'm supposed to be in this process, if I'm supposed to be maturing, um, if you think of a loan, when a loan full, fully matures, what happens? It gives the most, right? It gives the most. Whenever you deal with this subject of maturity uh, and, and trying to move forward, it means that there should be fruit coming out of your life. And so he says, as many of us are mature, um, that means those of us who have the mind of Christ and are giving everything in our life to see his kingdom come, to to do what he wants, that's maturity. Some people think it's Bible knowledge. Some people think maturity is um, perfect church attendance. Some people think maturity (laughs) is something that is unattainable. But I'm here to tell you this. It is possible to live a life for Jesus Christ. It is possible to move forward and to mature and get this. Jesus saved you so that he could fill you with everything he has. So you could come to the point of maturity much like the, that IRA you hope matures, right? To where it's giving away even more than it ever got. Have you ever gotten to that place of maturity where you're giving away in this life? 
more than you've ever gotten, whether it's financially, whether it's spiritually, whether it's an attitude, whether it's an, uh, just bring a peace to the room where, where maybe the world can be crashing down around you. Are you mature in verse 15? It's huge. This is what maturity is. And this is what he says to those of us who have maturity. Have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. <clears throat> Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. You know what he says mature people are? And, and this, is, this is where we're going to get to pressing on. Mature people who will press, will press on through the hard parts of life to live for Jesus. And they'll do it unified with other believers. Does that make sense? This is what maturity is. This is what pressing on. Pressing on means I'm going to go through the blips this life has to offer and not be derailed. So many of us are derailed by the things in this life. You know, we, we get hurt by a pastor or we get hurt by a friend or, you know what, your boss doesn't pay you what he or she is supposed to pay you. And next thing you know, we get mad at God. It's kind of funny. Anytime this life something goes wrong, who's the first person we shake our fists at? It's God. All the while when he's going, dude, I died for you. All you have to do is just press on through this, and you'll see that I have a future for you. I have a purpose for your life. I have a reason why you exist. And guess what? This is the best news of all. You ready for this? I can even use your struggles for way more than you ever thought they could be used for. How you've ever failed so bad and you thought it was the end, you know? And you couldn't press on. Your third blank there, you couldn't press on. God can use your broken life. He can use it. There is something past the broken parts of your life. And this is amazing. There are two words. I have them there in your program um, that help you learn how to press on, how to be mature, how to use and give away everything that Christ has given you and be a giver and not a taker. And it's two words. It's forget and reach. Now, if your brain is like mine, it is impossible to forget the past just about, right? Anybody else have that? Now, I can forget what my wife asked me to do, all right, for tomorrow. But the past... No, I can't forget the past. You know, I can't forget the people who have hurt me. I, even though I try so hard. And here's Paul saying, uh, I'm forgetting the past. Hey, uh, let go of the past. Hey, what I used to be, it doesn't matter anymore. And here's the thing. We all look at it and say, but it does matter. And no, I can't forget the past. I, can't, I, I can hardly forgive, let alone forget. What, what is he asking me to do? Well, you may want to write this down. <coughs> forgetting. This is how to forget. Forgetting is impossible from a cognitive standpoint, from our brains. But this is how you do it in Christ. And this is what Paul meant here in the scripture in Philippians 3, verses 13 through 16. You forget by no longer being influenced by your past. Oh, you might remember it. Oh, it's there. It may even stare you in the face every day in, in the form of a kid you had before marriage. It may stare you in the face every day by a house that you're renting when, because the one you bought, well, it didn't work out so well. It may be staring you in the face, but forgetting what is in the past means I am no longer influenced by my life before Christ or by the bad decisions I made that had severe consequences. You get it? Does that make sense? This is what it is. And, and so after you forget... You reach. You reach. Now, here's how we reach. You ready? 
Most of us think this way. We were taught to think this. We think in terms of past, in terms of present, and in terms of future when we think of our life. We, we, we go that way. We go linear, past, present, future, past, present, future. In Jesus, this is how you reach for the prize. In your mind, you no longer start with your past. Isn't that a good thing that Jesus has wiped away our past? You no longer start there. You start as a Christian with your future. This is how you press on. It is no longer who I was, but who Christ is going to make me. What I will become. This is what Paul says. I press on to grab a hold of what Christ has grabbed a hold of me for. You know what Paul's saying? He's saying, I'm not starting each day thinking about what has happened. I'm starting each day thinking about what's going to happen in Jesus Christ. And heaven is going to be an amazing place, isn't it? It's going to be a place where there's no more sorrow, no more shame. And Paul knows this. And this is why he sits in a jail cell thinking, you know, I'm not waking up every day going, wow, I'm hungry. I didn't eat yesterday. He wakes up every day saying, wow, you know what? I'm one day closer to what Jesus has saved me for. And that is forgetting, and that is reaching, and that is what pressing on is. And when you grab a hold of this mindset of future present, past, and you grab a hold of this mindset of no longer being influenced, you are now able to move forward in Christ. Here's your fourth P, and this is a really cool, I love this point. This is the one I'm, I actually was living for this today in the message. It's people. Look at verse 17 through 19. How do you move forward? You have to get in the right line. Um, I remember going to Disney World and uh, getting in the wrong line once. And this was the most awful thing because I was in the wrong line with about 100 other people, okay? And uh, I found out the line wasn't moving. And I, I waited about an extra 40 minutes for a ride because I was in the, lo- the wrong line, you know? I, I was just, I was in the wrong line. And this other line is moving, and I'm thinking, hey, what the heck, man, you know? Why, why is this line not moving? And then we have an attendant say, oh, sorry, we, we closed this line about 30 minutes ago. What? Well, you know, we follow, the truth is, in this life, we follow people as they follow God or as they follow something else. And here in in verse 17, Paul talks about getting in line with the right people and, and finding people who are a little bit more in that maturity than you, even finding people who are less and and having this line going where people are moving through this process. Remember, we talked about process of being in possession of Christ, so they can press on through this life. <clears throat> and so, uh, here's what it says in verse 17 through 19. Brethren, join in, my, in following my example. What a huge statement. How many of you could, could turn to the next person right beside you right now and go, hey, when it comes to following Christ, just follow my example right now. Whoa, what? Nope. It's like, oh, no, you may not want to do that. <laughs> you know, why don't you, go, why don't you go find somebody else? You know, find somebody else to follow. But, he, but Paul makes this statement. He says, join in following my example. You see, people matter. And note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping and crying that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Some of you are linked arms right now with people who are faking their Christianity and they're leading you astray and they're, and they're messing up your faith. Now, you need to be the influencer of them, but they don't need to be influencing you. And if you're letting them influence you, you want to know what? They will pull you out of God's future, out of moving forward so fast by linking up with the wrong people. It's not even funny. 
And here he says, I'm weeping, I'm crying that there are people that I thought were good to hang, you know, to influence my life, but now they're the enemies of the cross of Christ. Have you been influenced by the enemy of the cross of Christ? Have you been influenced by, by things and by people and by media and, and, by, and by bosses and things and let them influence your life such to where maybe you're not moving forward in Christ like you thought you should be? That might be why. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly in verse 19, whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on what kind of things? Let's say it together. Earthly things. People matter. And when you find somebody, check this out, everybody. When you find someone who is willing to give you time, who is willing to get close to you, who can lead you forward in Christ, grab onto that person. Hold them up. Find out what they're doing. Because people, here's your blanks. People need to follow the right examples, and they need to set the right example themselves. And I want you to welcome a guy who is beginning to grab on to what it means to set the right example. Hey, everybody, let's welcome Gary Frazier. Now, Gary has the gift of public speaking. And, uh, hey, I, I just want to tell you, here's a guy that has begun to grab on to moving forward in Christ, to the process. He's beginning to take hold of the right thing, Jesus Christ, the right one, right? And, uh, and, and so I've asked Gary to come and share. And I, I want to share a little bit. I want you to see a little bit of what the process is like of moving forward in Christ. Gary attended our uh, Marriage Under Construction seminar, which was awesome. We had uh, 35 couples, about 70 people attend that. And it was amazing. And from that, uh, I want you to share a little bit about your day after, what happened, what you were nailed to the ground with, and what you're doing now to move <laughs> forward in Christ. And not only move forward in Christ for you, but your family. So, Gary, uh, take away. Let's welcome Gary one more time. So, <clears throat> I was sitting on the couch reading a book that we had got from the marriage seminar. And uh, all of a sudden, I heard a deep, rich voice say my name, and that never happened before, and so I'm looking around the living room like, well, what was that? Kind of freaked me out a little bit, so I went on reading, and there it was again, and then there was, you are failing your family as a spiritual leader, and uh, I just stopped right then. I'm like, okay, that was really weird. So I text Dave right away. I'm like, dude, this is what just happened. What do I do? And <clears throat> he said, this is freaking me out, but it's true. He said, I've never heard God call my name before, but he did. <laughs> it, it was weird. And so he said, well, well, I, actually, I said, this is what I want to do. I said, I want to say, I want to I take my family down a spiritual road. I want to be the spiritual leader of my family. And every night I want to read scripture. And he's all start with John. And uh, so I did. <coughs> that night we started. And, you know, it's been, it's been difficult. I've had a little bit of resistance from one member of my family. But I love him anyway. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say Chrissy. No, I'm just <laughs> no. Um, no, but he's always joined in. And uh, we've been doing it now for a couple weeks. And... It's been kind of cool. Um, 
you know, we got a little one also. And, you know, while we're reading, he's running around yelling, screaming, you know, pulling on the dogs or whatnot. <clears throat> it's kind of distracting, but we press forward. And, uh, I don't know, some nights my son sits with my daughter and helps her read. Um, I don't know, I think it's helping us become closer. Also, you know, my, my kids are getting to the age where, you know, 12 and 10, so <laughs> opposite, you know, boys and girls, they're going to be attracted to, you know, opposite sex. And I want them to have a strong foundation in Christ. And I want my family to move closer to Christ. I don't know. It's just kind of. <laughs> well, um, you can see what Gary has done. Gary, was this something that you had considered even before that conference? No, not no. at all. And had you ever done that before? No, I had not. And is this it's easy? To, cool. Is it easy to do? It is. I mean, you would think that. What's more, what's important in your life? God, your family. Would most of you say yes? Okay, so I was thinking, you know, we'll take five minutes. We'll read, you know, a couple of verses. Well, usually it turns out to be 30 to 40 minutes because we all read. We take turns reading. We discuss. The kids say, well, what does that mean? And so, you know, we have to dig, dig for... <laughs> you know, what it means because, you know, we're pretty new. We've only been coming to church for, since May. And, uh, you know, I've, Dave says, you know, where, where are you on your walk with Christ? Are you an infant? Well, I'm like a zygote, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I'm pretty new at it. And, you know, for God to speak to me like that in such a, a short period of time of me coming to know him just amazing um my family is very important to me i want them to grow up i want them to be fulfilled <clears throat> i want their lives to be rich um and i believe the only way that that can happen if they are followers of the word and so it's very important to me to become that spiritual leader of my family well hey can we uh, thank gary for sharing today Amen. So excited for what God's doing in your family. And, and you heard him say that. And you know what? i, I got to be honest. Sometimes as a, uh, a longer-term believer, we can be put to shame by newer believers, can't we? It can happen, like where it's like, oh, we know all that. Well, you know what? The point is, and this is the point of moving forward in Christ, it's not to say, oh, I know all that. It's, hey, I'm going to do that. That is who I'm going to be after I come to faith in Christ. And, and, and Jesus is the greatest example. There's a guy who, who, who grabbed onto a couple people, followed their example, leading their family. Now he has some people behind him in the line, right, about to move forward. And, and now you see a person who is moving forward in Christ. Yeah, you might be a zygote man, but you're, you're the biggest zygote I've ever seen in my life, right, and, uh, in Christ. And, and so... That's what's happening. But when it comes to people, it all starts with Jesus, doesn't it? We have to start with Jesus. And um, we're going to have just a little bit of the message left after this. But uh, I want us to come to a time where we refocus on Jesus Christ, the Son of God, second person of the Trinity, God himself. 
the one who died on the cross for our sin, raised again, and is coming again one day. We need to focus on him and get in his line. Amen? Well, it is good to remember the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? And his sacrifice on the cross. Um, as the last few are taking communion, don't feel free not to be hurried or anything. Um, I just want to finish up our verses for the day in verses nineteen, uh, verses twenty and twenty-one. You don't have to. You don't have to look there. I'll read them to you. But it's the last P of moving forward. It's the place that we look forward to in Christ. As jacked up as this world is, isn't it good that that we have heaven with Jesus? It is an awesome thing, and, and this is what Paul says in verse twenty and twenty-one, and that. This could be a whole other message, but we'll just read it. It's the place that we look forward to. It says, for our citizenship, for those of us who belong to Jesus, is in heaven, for which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, because he's coming again, isn't he? For his church, what an amazing thing, who will transform our lowly body, the problems that we have, physical, emotional, spiritual, he'll transform them that it may be conformed to his glorious body. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. You can find out more about our church or listen to other messages at elevationbuildings.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.